end of one year, beginning of another. Out with the old, in with the new, as they say. You know what? Honestly, it's a great time to reflect. It's a great time to be hopeful. It's a great time to think about the year that has passed and the year anew. So why should this episode be any different? I've noticed some things. Three things that I really want to highlight that have really... Well, I think we need to take the right step towards in the year ahead. And also, there's some things that are making me really, really hopeful. It's going to be a very special episode of Relationships at Work. Hold on. Relationships at Work, the Employee Experience and Workplace Culture Podcast. I'm Russell Lolliker. Thanks for listening. I appreciate it every single time. As I mentioned off the top, um... There's some things we're going to get into in this episode. It's going to be a solo episode. All me. Hopefully you don't turn off the minute I say that. Uh, Needless to say, it's an interesting thing when you start a podcast on a particular topic. This, of course, being employee experience, workplace culture, leadership. You start paying a lot more attention to the world around you, the conversations you have, red flags, green lights, uh, everything that's going well, everything that's going bad. It just, you're overly sensitive to it because you're in it. You're talking to people all the time about it. So there's been a few things that I wanted to highlight that I'm like, "Mm, I think we should start focusing on these. There's small little tactics, little, little mindset shifts that I really think would benefit for us in organizations. And I've seen some things that are going to be hopeful. Some things, some signs where I'm like, you know what? Maybe all is not lost. Maybe we are on the right track here. But you know what? I can't I can't do any of it without starting with the gratitude. Because this podcast started in January of 2022. Uh, I hadn't done podcasts for a while, or at least I'd been doing some internal ones. I'd been doing some movie ones. But I hadn't done ones around relationships and experience. I'd previously done one about customer service. Uh, two, actually, in fact, with varying degrees of success. Loved doing them, but this was my first foray into employee experience. And I could not have grown, learned, just been fed great ideas if it weren't for you. So whether you're following us on Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook groups, or you're just a friend of mine that just is kind of curious about what I'm up to these days, thank you. Thank you so much for opening up your ears and your mind to learning a little something from some of the most amazing guests we've had. Also, if you've subscribed to the newsletter, thank you for that. Thank you. It is this little, little bubble of, well, I guess resources that I found and and thoughts that I have that I don't share anywhere else. So thank you for subscribing to Raw Notes. I, I, it's a special little thing for me. So thank you very much for that. Speaking of special, have you seen the guests I've had on this show? There's also where my gratitude lies. Amazing guests. Phenomenal. When I first started this thing, I reached out to two women who had sort of been in my circle when it came to uh, customer service and um, communications, but their focus and their love is easily transferable into the employee experience. That's Leslie Oflahaven and Kate Nasser brilliant people. Uh, I reached out. They didn't even blink. They're like, absolutely sign me up. How can I help? And they, if you're going to start a podcast and you've got guests and you want to start on the right foot, 
you could not do better than Leslie and Kate. Phenomenal people. Um, I could not be happier. And and the thing is, is that that just grew because once you put your you have the right footing and people see the kind of guests that you're attracting and the kind of topics you're talking about, they want to be part of it. And of course, guests that have a really good time also recommend people. Annette Franz brought on Greg Liederman. Uh, Dr. Robin Petrie Guzman brought on Katie Razul. You learn from great people and they know great people, which has just helped the podcast flourish and flourish and flourish. So gratitude to the listeners, gratitude to my guests, gratitude to those guests that are supporting with other guests. A big thank you. I don't know if you're feeling as warm and fuzzy as I am, but if you're going to wrap up the year, the best thing you can do is just drop gratitude all over it. So thank you. Thank you. All the thank you. So for those that have been listening to the podcast over the last year, I've dropped a little hints and, and I've touched on our origin story a little bit. And I just want to, I want to dig into it a little bit more here. So you just understand where I'm coming from. Um, I've, I've been in the space of customer service for about a decade. I had a, po- I, not a podcast, but I had a blog called The Upsell for ooh, well over a decade. Um, really interesting having a blog that was one of its first of its kind, actually, that sort of called out brands for being kind of shitty. Uh, I know some organizations, some big organizations, my blog was one of the first times they were kind of called out and they didn't really quite know what to do with it. It was interesting as an experiment and building relationships with those brands as they reached out to me and I reached out to them to talk further. Great experience, absolutely. But the funny thing is, is I've never been a customer experience person. Never, ever, never, never, never. I'm a people person. I just really hated bullies. I hated brands, organizations, companies that treated people like crap that thought they were better, that their time was more important than the customer, the people that were giving them money. So I'm out at a conference out in San Francisco. I was on a panel talking about customer experience. And I love talking to other people at conferences uh, just to hear why they're there, what they're doing, other speakers, what they're trying to get out of it. Anyway, I was out in the food court, the San Francisco one, and I was talking to these other organizations mom and pop shops to small to medium to large businesses. It was quite the gamut, actually, this thing. Anyway, we talk about customer service because that was the conference, but I would bring up the employee experience because some of the other speakers were, and I noticed that there was some interest, but what was really the uptake? I got so much glazed eyes. As soon as I mentioned employee, it was like, oh yeah, they're important too. My heart broke a little bit. I also had a bit of a light bulb going on because a lot of these organizations, and if you Google books on customer experience, you will see so many of them because the organization's customer equals money equals success, right? I get it. I understand that. But employees are the reasons those customers stick around and give you their money and have a relationship with you long-term. So when I saw that there was a need to have a further conversation about employee experience, I pivoted a couple of years ago to go, you know what? It's not about customers for me anymore, even though it is because relationships at work include customers, but these employees that aren't being heard, that organizations do not prioritize, do not invest in because they're spending all this time and money at acquisition, not in investment in the organization, professional development, leadership, so forth and so on. So 
I had a huge light bulb moment. And ever since then, I got really excited about this particular topic. And over the year, new phrases came out like quiet quitting and great reshuffling because COVID certainly shifted the needle when it came to employee experience. So I felt like it was a great time to really dig and have this conversation. Speaking of which, everything I've heard is not new information. I just saw a blog the other day or a news article. I can't remember what it was. It was on LinkedIn and it was this, what executives need to know post COVID. And you go through this article and it's stuff employees have wanted and needed pre-COVID forever. But for whatever reason, suddenly they think this is the most amazing thing, this awakening of COVID. No, we've just had so many shitty leaders that they haven't realized how important it is to invest in employees. And now employees are feeling empowered to quit, whether it's quiet or physically walking out the door, whether they're great resignation, great reshuffling, whatever you want to call it. Uh, Simon Sinek said it best. I, I love that, man. Um, he said it that he actually likes these new terms. Even though they're old problems, he likes the new terms because all that means is renewed focus on things that should get more focus. And I'm happy to see the rise of great leaders. I am happy to see these conversations happening more of. I'm going to shut up on that though, because I want to get into the purpose of this podcast, which is a bit of looking back on the year of what I feel we need to do a bit more of and looking at the future of what I'm really excited for. So of the three things that I've definitely sort of, this needs to happen. This, it's a small thing, but it needs to happen. It will have Im big impacts. Okay. Number one, defining things. Oh, we love a keyword. We love a word, a buzzword, whatever it was, whether it's leadership, engagement, culture, values. We love these words. We put them on posters all the time. We write articles. We use them as keywords and anything we put out into the world, leadership, 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 innovation, 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 right? It's almost a drinking game at this point. The thing is, is what I do not see enough of and what I absolutely think organizations will benefit from is defining these terms. Define them, what they mean for you in your organization. Let me give you an example. Leadership. Oh, that one is used a lot. And we immediately think we know what it means. Even though by saying leader, that could be good or bad leader. We just say leader. Right away, that's a missed opportunity for definition. So... As an organization, what I'd love to see is them dig down and go, this is what a leader is in our organization. These are the values. These are the actions. This is the path they take. This is what we expect from our leaders to be successful here to be a leader. doesn't matter about hierarchies, or it might. depends on how you define it. What does this do? Two benefits. One, it tells people that want to be successful in this organization what to do. It gives them the blueprint right there. This is the person that is a leader. This is the person you should emulate. This is the path you should follow. Congratulations. It also tells the people, oh, I don't, I don't want to be, that's what you think a leader is? I want nothing to do with that. I am out of here. It tells them that they may need to leave the organization because it's not a right fit for them. And that's good too. That's good for the organization and that's good for the individual. Define your terms. Because really, we don't know what you're talking about until you do. Diversity is another one that drives me nuts because organizations don't want to actually define it, but they certainly want to talk about it. Another thing, number two, number two, 
not focusing on the source. Oh, organizations stop focusing on the symptom, start focusing on the disease, right? We do it all the time. Venting. Oh, that person and that in that, um, all staff meeting, stand up, whatever they're venting, they're angry, they're passionate. They're so pissed off. And I've seen so many leaders, so many executives look at that person and go, oh, well, that person's obviously pissed. Oh, they're a crazy person. I put that in air quotes. They're a crazy person. We shouldn't listen to them without asking questions like, why are they getting that angry? What kind of leader do they have that they report to that doesn't feel like they're listening, that they don't feel like they're listened to? What is the source of the venting? Not the venting. What is the source of it? Venting is a way for executives or leaders to dismiss a person they don't want to listen to. It's a problem they don't want to address. It's truth in the room or it's not, but you can't ignore it because it's right there. What is the environment that that venting was created in? And what do you have to do about that? What is your impact? You may have hired the person that they report to and is doing a horrible job listening to them and supporting them and giving them the tools they need. Other things, high turnover. Why are people leaving? Oh, let's give them more money. Mm, that's not the problem. Focus on the disease, not the symptoms. We need to focus on the source of problems, not how those problems show up in the organization. Number three, long, long-term impacts. So I've done this podcast now, we're almost at 50 episodes. And the first question I ask every one of my guests is what's your best or worst employee experience? Here's the reoccurring theme. Number one, it always involves a leader, good or bad. And it's always from decades ago, which demonstrates to you leaders have unbelievable impact, good and bad to those around them to the point where it's decades, the ripples in the pond, this gets to 10, 20, 30, 40 years later, people are still going, Oh, that one person, they did that one thing and I'm still pissed. They carry it around with them. Like they were stood up at prom. It is impactful as leaders. You have to understand how your relationships are at work. Your inactions, your actions, what you say, what you don't say, how you support, how you don't support, it all matters. And just because you're at work doesn't mean that's where those ripples stay. They take that home with them. They keep it. They nurture it. They foster it, good or bad. And I'm sorry to say, most of the ones people carry are bad. So... Of the three things I'd like to see organizations do a lot better at is number one, define what we're even talking about when we talk about changing things, improving things. What are we talking about? What is your glossary of terms as it relates to your organization? Because it, it will be different than for another organization. Don't use generic terms. Use terms that matter to you and that will matter to your employees. Not focusing on the source. What is the actual problem we're talking about here? Ask questions to get to that point. And last but not least, long-term impacts. Understanding that the work and the, the conversations and the reviews and the criticisms, everything you do has impacts long 
beyond the end of the workday. Here's what I'm hopeful for. I, I, I put it down to three as well. I want it quick and easy and things to, to, to remember. Number one thing that I'm hopeful for, to, for 2023 and beyond, is the conversations. I think in the last couple of years, I could not be happier at the conversations we're having. We're having a lot more fierce, difficult conversations about what matters at work. People at meetings are feeling emboldened to share their feelings, their thoughts, their concerns, their you know mental health has never been a bigger topic. Diversity, equity, inclusion, belonging. These are terms you would have never heard 10 years ago at the majority of organizations. Certainly a few leading organizations, but not to the level now. It's crazy, the conversations, and they're not... Nobody's looking at you, you know, on the side, out of the corner of their eye going, oh, this idiot again. No, these not only are conversations, they're weighted conversations. You can't bring up these terms without people taking them seriously. That's fantastic. These are heavy, deep conversations we're having. And I see that conversation just continuing on and on. Hopefully some money is backed up behind it in organizations, programs, awareness, um, but at least we're starting to have those conversations a lot more at every level of the organization, not just when you go home out of anger and frustration that nobody listens to you at work. Number two that I'm hopeful for in 2023, more bullshit is being called out. By far, I mentioned the conversation about being emboldened, but also people are calling out going, I'm burnt out. These are my boundaries. Stop treating me like this or I will leave. I My end of my day start ends here. Stop calling me on the weekends. Countries are putting up legislation that says you can't text or con connect with your employees on weekends and evenings for their own mental health. And, and, and employees are demanding it. They want to work from home. They want accessibility. An example of this is posting salaries. I actually get mad now when I see posts online for jobs when I'm like, what is this? What is this job pay? Because they're asking for a lot and I bet you they don't pay very much or they would have posted it. So why would I look at that as a viable job? Why would anybody look at that as a viable job where they have the right experience, but they're going to be undervalued because simply because they didn't put the salary in there. If you post that on LinkedIn, there is comments going, where's the salary? What's the salary range? How is it competitive? How are you? Like, I love it. I eat it up. It makes me feel good and warm inside because organizations should be called out for that kind of behavior. And also what I'm hopeful for 2023, that we find each other. That even if there are people in your organizations that you may not connect with, you can find like-minded people in other professional communities, creative communities that you can link with. And I find that people are reaching out, especially on communities like LinkedIn. LinkedIn has exploded in the last couple of years. I'm a big fan of where that is, especially as other uh, social platforms have mm, kind of eh, fallen apart. Uh, we won't get into that too much. But needless to say, I love communities like LinkedIn where you're finding people in other industries who are like-minded, who are interested, who want to do better, who want to raise the bar. Because Employee experience workplace culture is very universal. Whatever widget or service that you create, 
That can change industry to industry. But how you treat people, how you build trust, it amazes me. So I do this presentation on the impacts of leadership, good and bad. And I, I talk about trust a little bit. And what I find just mind-blowing is that people think once they walk through those doors, once they boot up their computer, that building trust is somehow this weird, new, different thing. When we have friends, we have, you know, partners in our lives that we build trust with about being accessible, being honest, being available, um, not saying sorry, uh, you know, all these things that, that any psychology magazine or book will tell you how to build trust. It's no different in the workplace, but for whatever reason, we think, we think it's different. Sorry, crazy sidebar there, but needless to say, going back, people are finding each other that are like-minded. They're building community so that they could even take things they learn from their new community and bring it to their own organizations as ways of learning. I love it. I absolutely love it and I wanna see more of it. And I love that LinkedIn is growing and prospering uh, because people are, are leaving other, other platforms and coming to LinkedIn and finding it as a, as a great place to connect with. I don't work for LinkedIn. I don't get any money for LinkedIn. I'm just happy with what they do there and how they do it. I'm hopeful for conversation. I'm hopeful for truth to power, calling out bullshit, and that we're finding each other, that we are building community through platforms like LinkedIn. There are other platforms too, like Medium and so forth, but LinkedIn's the one I just wanted to highlight because that's the one I'm having the most fun with these days. So that's it. I feel like 2022 was a weird year as we get out of, out of a pandemic and we start getting to some level of normality depending on where you live in the world, that level may be different depending. But I love that the pendulum is shifting a lot more towards care, compassion, empathy. And as divisive as this world is, I love when we can start focusing more on the human skills, the things that connect us rather than divide us. And the workplace is a great place to do that in and great leadership that is coming into power, that is getting an opportunity to flex their influence, this is a great time. This is a great time for you to show what you've learned and continue to learn as a continuous learner. Thank you so much for listening. I look forward to sharing. I appreciate you being along for the ride. I appreciate you prioritizing employee experience, workplace culture, and leadership and doing it right. And most of all, I appreciate you for prioritizing your relationships at work. I'm Russell Lolliker. Thank you so much for listening.